You are watching the Hoop Central podcast right here on Spirit Live. Hey, how is it going? Ladies and gentlemen, basketball fans of all shapes and sizes and looks that are under the sun. Nothing new under the sun. Nobody under the sun. Ooh, no, sorry. That Dreamville track. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not a rapper. I'm not a rapper. But uh, a rapper you're listening to the Hoop Central podcast right here on Spirit Live and also Spotify. And it's your boy, Nakeem. Alongside me is none other than my handsome look. I wish y'all could see how Malik came to, to school today. This guy pulled up. Looking like he just came out of a business meeting, pulled off a six-figure deal. Boom. And uh, he's ready to splurge out and treat some people. You're going to treat me to some? Well, actually, it's a true story. I did pull off a six-figure deal, and I was the assistant to that six-figure deal because you were the one that pulled oh off the deal. When Nik- Nikim walked oh in, you know, shout out Small Circle. Nikim, oh, Nikim, my a, a, a little plug right there. Um, You know, uh, Nikim walked in. The first girl fainted. The second girl complimented his style. The third girl said, "I want to do your. I want to uh, cut your hair and style you up." And the fourth girl was like, "Can I get your number and your Instagram and your Snapchat and your Twitter and everything, everything?" First of all, I don't think I've seen four <laughs> girls today at all. Uh, this is a basketball podcast. I don't even know where this is going. Malik is a professional gasser. That's exactly what he is. But uh, uh, we had a lot of things happen in the basketball world, and I mean. Oh my goodness! What a what a week it's been. It's been a crazy week. Actually, start off with this icebreaker for episode number nine. Um, we got two back to back sixty point. That is insane. Games has that has that happened before? I would put my money on it not happening. No, I don't think so. And by two by two certain stars, Mister K A T Cat and Mister Kyrie. What do you think about those two? It's just it's just crazy. I'll talk about the the Kyrie one first because I saw just the game prior. He was at Barclays and wasn't able to play. People were making a commotion about how he was, I guess it seemed like he was trying to send a message to the mayor. Like he's picking a fight. Like, hey, you you don't want to let me play, but I'll still show up to the game. Blah, blah, blah. All that stuff. Right. Yeah. And I get it. But then to come out that very next game. First of all, he, I messaged Malik when I saw the Bleach Report notification. I, wa- I wasn't watching this game. Brooklyn against the Magic. I'm like, the Magic, it's not that game to watch. So I'm just Easy on my dub. phone. I'm, I'm on Instagram. I get the Bleacher Report notification. Uh, Nets lead at half. It was like a big lead. I was like, oh, true. And I see the stat. I see, I see Kyrie Irving 41 at half. And I was like, I, I instantly Damn. went to Google and I had to double check just so that they didn't make an error. Because I was like, 41 at half? And I messaged Malik right away. I'm like, yo, Kyrie has 41 and a half and we're going crazy. And I'm like, how much do you think he finishes with? Uh, Malik said 55. And I said, I think he finishes with 51 because he's probably not going to play the fourth. Man dropped 60. Damn. Dropped 60. And he did it in a way that just showed how talented Kyrie is. And I think we kind of forget, you know, all throughout this whole James Harden saga with the Nets and how everything went, we kind of forgot what made this big three so scary when they first teamed up because we didn't get to see Kyrie play that much right nah so even though we all knew Kyrie was a great player seeing it in front of us right now it's like wow this guy is more than just a great player he is one of the all-time skilled I I would skilled guards of all time I would put him even not just saying all-time I would argue and say that he is the most skilled point guard of all time skilled not saying he's the greatest but I'm talking about skill skill 
dribbling, shooting, getting to his spot. This guy just knows how to pick his pick his points and just go at the defense. And I think offensively, he is just a different beast. But Malik, you have a performance like Kyrie. You don't even know if he can play home games or whatnot. But what does that let you know about this Brooklyn Nets team? And uh, how much faith do you have in this team? Just off of seeing a performance like that, KD didn't even have a good game. Oh, also, I think this was the first time in NBA history that teammates went back-to-back games with 50 points. KD with 53 against Crap, the, the, the Knicks. Yep. And then uh, Kyrie with 60. Someone's like, KD's going to one-up him in the next game. Imagine that. Yeah. Imagine that. Oh, damn. No, hey, just to break down the stats, Kyrie had 41 and a half. Nakeem said he ended up finishing finishing with 60 points. He shot 20 of 31. That's 64.5%. That, that is insane. He dropped eight threes on them. Shot 92% from the from the free throw line. He had six rebounds, four assists, four steals, and a block for four fantasy. Steals? For fantasy owners, that is a dream. You're going to sleep great tonight. That has to be one of the best fantasy performances ever. He contributed in every category. And uh, I don't think he had that much turnovers. Well, only one turnover. That is pretty incredible. Damn, that's pretty efficiency. damn good for playing 34 minutes and scoring, dropping 60 points. 60 and 34 minutes. Wow. Yeah, man. And they ended up uh, beating Orlando by 42 points, 150-108. They just said, "Hey, watch out." The goal, the goal for Brooklyn Nets is, "Hey, they got, they got to warn all the other playing teams that are with them. Yeah. Don't blink twice. That's what they got to say. Don't blink twice because in the flash." You're eliminated because Brooklyn is ready. And, you know, the thing is that next year is going to be their big run. But this year, they're trying to make a case. They're trying to trying to build up their name, build up their stature. And I can see them going, you know, possibly second round. You never know. They could upset a lot of teams. And, you know, our Raptors, we really have to avoid this Brooklyn Nets team. Even if we lose the first one, that just makes us like we're behind. We're behind. And we lose a little bit of our mojo. We cannot face any Not team, at all. including this... Atlanta and Charlotte and Toronto, avoid Brooklyn at all costs. That's yeah. all we, that's all that's all I have to say. Because they are they are scary. They're the equivalent of like a top three team. They're just eighth. That's what's crazy and scary about wow. this team because if I'm even any of the top four teams I do not want to see Brooklyn potentially in the first round. Imagine you're the who's second right now? Philly? Right? Uh, I think or is it uh, Milwaukee or I think it might be Milwaukee. Right, right now as the current standings are, it is Milwaukee. Milwaukee. So let's say you're the Bucks. You do not want to see nope. the Nets first round. You basically almost got eliminated by them if KD's foot size was just an inch smaller. <sighs> and taken, he was playing with a one-legged James Harden and Kyrie was out for a good chunk of that series. Oh, man. Although Kyrie probably won't be able to play all the games depending on the rules and the mandates, this team, I think, constructed right now with their supporting cast is arguably better than they were last year. Seth Curry has been great. Ooh. Andre Drummond is a great addition yes. as well. Patty Mills. Yes. And then you also got um some guys who come off the bench, Nicholas Claxton. 12 and 10 last night. Although uh, Joe Harris is out of the lineup, you Bruce also Bruce Brown feels the void for Bruce Joe Harris Brown right is now. a really good uh, uh piece as well who has been doing his thing. They have some good pieces. Um and then obviously KD is KD. I'll put my money on KD yep. any day of the week. 48 minutes he played and dropped 50 in that winner go home game. Actually I think that was game five to go up 3-2. To go up 3-2. Because if they lost that game going back into Milwaukee, they probably would have lost that series. Holy there. smokes. But, Holy um, smokes. And we can't forget about uh, Blake Griffin, the exactly, X Factor. Exactly, Blake Griffin. The X Factor. Has he even been playing that much? Has he even been playing that much? He's going to be the X Factor. Uh, X Factor. Oh, Malik's <laughs> Blake thinking, Griffin, the X Factor. Malik thinks that Blake Griffin's going to just go back in time and turn into Clippers Blake Griffin. It's, it's going to be... Uh, 
I'm, not, I'm just gonna say not, it's not Lob City because that's clever. It's a, a Bob City. <laughs> I'm just gonna ignore that that ever just happened. <laughs> but uh, going back to the other performance that uh, took place was, as you said, Carl Anthony Towns dropped 60. When he dropped it, it was the league high for most points. Then Kyrie said, "Nah, I'm gonna take that right back from you." <laughs> took, it, took it right but, back. But uh, uh, golly, this is—it's crazy to think about. Five years, about five years ago, maybe we could say a decade ago, people were saying the center position was dead. That that's the weakest position in the NBA. And I'm not going to say it's the strongest position, but the way that that position has rejuvenized itself with the likes of Joel Embiid, Oof. Nikola Jokic, Oof. and people are starting to... People, people were forgetting Carl Anthony Towns. And I think this game kind of brought them back to this guy is actually one of the best bigs. I think he's top three. I wouldn't yep. put him above Jokic or Embiid, but he's right there with he's, them. He's right. He's literally right, right there. there. He had 32 in the third. And you know what's funny to me? I feel so bad for Zach Collins because at first they had Yakko Pirtle guarding him. And that didn't work out. Didn't work out because Yakob was just not fast enough. So whether Yakob was giving him the three at first, and we all know Carlton Towns can make the three. He won the three-point contest three for crying out loud. Three-point champ. So Damn. they gave him the three. Then uh, they're like, okay, you know, we're going to run up on it, close out. Yakob can't keep up when he closes out, drives right by him. So they're like, you know, we'll get Zach Collins on you because Zach Collins is more athletic. And Carl just, he nope. was just going crazy. Zach Collins, there's so much times where his body language looks so deflated. Yeah. But he was just frustrated. And I don't blame him. Oh, my you, goodness. I don't know how you deal with a Carl Anthony Towns that devoted. But Malik, but before you give your thoughts, I have just one question. Because Carl Anthony Towns self-proclaims himself as the greatest shooting center of all time. And to be honest, in my opinion, I agree with him. And I don't even think it's close. People, people, not a are, lot. People, There's not a lot. People say Dirk, but Dirk's a power forward. He's saying center. Dirk, I think Carl Anthony Towns is the greatest shooting center of all time. And that was a game where he displayed it. He was making step back threes. And it was it was not like just regular. He was yeah, like just jabbing, dribble jabbing. Dribble one, two, dribble one, two, step dribble back. Dribble one, two, step back threes. And this is a seven-footer doing this, man. Hey, just to break down the stats, Carl Anthony Towns, you could argue. You could say he is the best. Uh, you could even say he's a stretch. Almost expanded his game to being a stretch, stretch five, paint beast, rebounding machine. Mm -hmm. You could even do that. He has 17 boards. Uh, he shot 61%. It's crazy as Kyrie shot 1% better than him. That's crazy. Um, dropped seven threes, 15 for 60 in the line, uh, three assists, 17 boards, and one steal. That, that's a stat line, 36 minutes. And it was a close game because they won by 10 points. And the Spurs were coming up because Kellen Johnson and John Murray were doing their thing. Kelton had like 34, I think. Yeah, John Murray had 30 and 12 double-double. But, but Towns, undisputed. He's doing his thing right now. And I can't wait to see him in the playoffs because we haven't seen Carly Towns in the playoffs too much. And... Minnesota's sitting at that seventh spot, one game away from Denver, two games away from fourth. It's crazy. It's crazy what's going on. They went above the Clippers' seventh seed, so we'll see what happens. They're almost like the the Raptors of the West Coast. I love I love the story of the Timberwolves. You know, um, I would even argue that they're more like the Cavaliers of the West yeah. Coast. Yeah, you can say that. that they too. like they just came into their own they got some changes patrick beverly has been super Ooh, underrated very there. good very i think good. he's really shaped that culture and one thing i want to touch on jamie daniels too anthony edwards had five points in that game but he was visibly incredibly happy with carl anthony towns dropping as much as he did and i think that that's a testament to the environment that chris finch and his coaching staff have chris uh, finch. put together Shout out chris chris finch. finch another disciple of the Damn. nick nurse coaching tree uh, me and malik have said this before on the podcast i believe in season two that um 
the Raptors are building a Spurs-like coaching tree. Yeah. And uh, Nate Bjorkren was supposed to be the the first one, but you know that did not end up the best. But he's back with them. He's back back with them, them. and he's more than welcome here. More than welcome, you know. So, uh, and you never know, he might get another opportunity. But you have Chris Finch elsewhere, uh, Patrick Matumbo doing his thing in the nine hundred five. Yes. So there's some there's some really good people. Earl Watson might get a call up soon. You never know. You never know. But um, yes. But uh, I think that was a great um performance by Cat. And it just shows how good the NBA has been. It feels like every other night we have a 50-point performance. It's crazy. And you know what's great? I wonder what's going to happen tonight. And you know what's actually insane, too? Sorry to cut you off. But Trey Young dropped 40 in back-to-back games, but is barely getting talked about because there's guys dropping 60. There's guys dropping 60. If they won't drop 60, Trey Young would be like, oh, Atlanta's on a three-game winning streak. They, yeah. They're trying to get out of the play, and they don't want to first, they don't want to first Brooklyn or nothing. Trey Young's doing his thing. Atlanta's, Atlanta's coming for that. Atlanta. Atlanta's coming for everyone's head tops right now. Hey, but uh, it's crazy. They've been so disappointing, too. The thing is, they, they were such a good defensive team last year. And defensively, they're just not it. But you know one thing that doesn't matter about defense or offense? It's just about basketball and the Absolutely. joy for basketball. What is it, Nikim? What is it? It is March. And you know what that means, Malik? Madness. Madness. This is where we get future starting to do a performance, but madness. because of copyright reasons. But uh, <laughs> March Madness, I think this is like arguably, other than the NBA Finals, like the favorite, the basketball fans' favorite time of the year because... I can't tell you the joy I have oh. when it comes to March Madness. I'm not. I'm not going to say I'm a diehard college basketball fan. Uh, I, I'm a casual fan. I keep up with it. Uh, I keep up with my team more specifically. But just the energy with the games and the moments. Like I feel like each player gets some superhuman powers because the game winners that be going on the half court game winners oh, man. you see sequences where one guy makes a step back three to take the lead other guy comes down makes half a buzzer shots. yeah <laughs> everyone's like, crazy off the bench everyone's everyone's like, like we won the championship i'm like bro the, we never see this in the nba no no never see this in the nba no no the guys there hey we can't forget about the women's ncaa tournament as yes, well respect yes, them yes, they're doing their yes. thing both men's and women's tournaments they give not even 110 they give 200 percent. there's nba scouts watching them who are going to draft there's people there's coaches there's trainers there's a lot of expectations when it comes to this but that but that's the fun of it you know you you, you feel blessed to just be in the top 16 of exactly each, each division and say damn we made it so now let's keep going but yeah a lot of great players in this a lot of upsets, possibly a lot of upsets, and I can't wait. March Madness is great every year, and you don't know what to expect. Last year, Baylor, Davion yeah. Mitchell, Davion Mitchell, and then, and, what's, and what's his name? Who's who, who's the who's the other one? Who's the other guy in Baylor? I forgot his uh, name. Jared Butler. Jared Butler, who is with the Utah Jazz, I believe. Utah, right Utah now. Jazz. But uh, uh, there was someone else too, but I don't think he's on a roster right now, or I think he's on the a two way. Uh, something Matisse Matisse Teague or something like that. I think Teague. Matisse Teague. Matisse Teague. I, he I was think, he I'm, was I'm on Baylor as well. I think he's with the Atlanta Hawks G League team or something along the lines of that. But he's another one who was a part of that Baylor team. Man. But uh, they're also a number one seed this year too. They're trying to re- repeat. But Malik, how about we talk about some bracket stuff? You know, this is what let's people love talking about. Let, brackets. Let's do it. Let's do it. I recently filled mine out, so. Um, Me too. I don't want to go in depth with everything because if we go in depth, we could spend literally an entire episode talking about this. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, we could do our top four who's going to win the championship and we could talk about some upsets. Yeah, we could talk about some upsets along the way, our biggest upsets. I'm looking, I can start it off. I'm looking at my South, uh, my South division, mm-hmm. and I think the biggest upset I have here is uh, Loyola Chicago upsetting number seven Ohio State. Me and, too. Um, Same. The Same. reason I have this is because 
this is not this is not new familiar uh new I should say this isn't new territory for Loyola Chicago. The the Ramblers have been here before. They made it all the way to the final four that first year Holy, with that miracle team. With the miracle uh, that I believe team. they made to the Elite Eight the a couple years yeah, after. And then, and then they lost, yeah. And they lost. They, they've really been here. The the one person they're missing, they're missing Krutwig, who is their center, who kind of like a Jokic build, who uh, just passed it, did everything. I remember him. Yeah, but they have uh, they have Sister Jean. And she be blessing them. I know she. I don't know what she does. What that energy good, is out just, there. Just the good luck charm. The energy's up. Everyone loves her, yeah. and the team loves her. And it's crazy because there's Illinois in the tournament too. But it seems like everyone in Illinois, everyone in Chicago, just drifts towards Loyola Chicago because it's just the underdog. You want to see the underdog do good. Yeah, and you want and, and you and you want to meet Gene as well. You want to say, yeah, hey, what's, Gene, what's, exactly. up? what's up? Bless me, bless me. Exactly. But that in the South Division, that's the biggest upset that I got. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. Uh, regarding upsets for me, let me go down to my list, and we are going to the East, and I got Virginia Tech upsetting Texas. Absolutely. I also have Virginia Tech upsetting Texas. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, regarding the analysis in the NCAA, and uh, you know, a couple, couple, a couple, couple stats. I think Virginia Tech, a lot of hype around them. Texas looks like they're on the downfall and they've been struggling. So I say Virginia Tech's gonna take it. They could arguably, they could arguably get into the second round, and um, you know, Purdue. You never know. Purdue, you never know yeah. that, that there could be upset as well too. But I say Virginia Tech is take takes Texas. Absolutely. Is that your like? biggest upset out of everything that you've done in the bracket or no there's one really big upset i have let me hear that one because i have a this is my sleeper team for the whole year i feel like murray state could go How elite far? I, I feel like murray state could go elite eight okay and okay. and take out um and i just lost i just lost the i just lost the i just lost the freaking uh or east uh, they could take out. Um, they could take out. They could Kentucky? take out. They could. Yep. Yeah, I Kentucky? was gonna say. Kentucky. I think Murray State could take oh, out. Oh, that's a bold one. That's a bold one right there. I say so. I say so. But Kentucky has a lot of dogs out there, but I have um, Murray State taking uh, out Kentucky. Okay. They could possibly okay, take okay. out Purdue as well. But uh, for the final four, I got uh, for the final four, I got Gonzaga, Purdue, Arizona, and Auburn, and I'm all on that Arizona bandwagon. Absolutely. So I got Arizona winning for sure. Uh, players I'm looking out for is KJ Boone, who I've heard of before, Blake Owens, and I'm really excited. I think it's going to be Gonzaga and Arizona in the finals. I have the score being 87, 81, and I'm and there's one guy on Arizona that intrigues me, and that is Benedict Mathurin from Montreal, Canada. Mm, so I'm excited. Nice I'm excited right to see what he's going to do out there. And you know they're well equipped. There's not a lot of names in Arizona. There's not a lot of like popular hype around them, but I feel like they're well constructed. They play like a veteran team they already. Do. They do. And, and their chemistry is out the board. So I think I think they could make a big, big, big run. I have Arizona winning my bracket this year. How about you? So you have Gonzaga, Purdue, Arizona, and what was the last team in the Final Four? Auburn. Auburn. Okay. Auburn. Sick okay. too. Auburn's sick. For uh, I guess for my biggest upset, I have number uh, fourteen seeded Colgate upsetting Wisconsin in Ooh, the first round. That's a good one. That's uh, my biggest one. Uh, other than that, I guess South Dakota State and Providence, which is uh, thirteen against the four. These are both in the Midwest. Um, those are two of the ones I think are the most likely. Yeah. Because um, I just South Dakota State just they play so hard if you watch the way this team plays, and I feel like they're coming in with a chip on their shoulder, Facts. and uh, they can really do some damage. But when it comes to my final four, I got uh, Arizona and Iowa going up against in that final four matchup, mm-hmm. and also Gonzaga and Kentucky. Iowa's Iowa's nice. Keegan Murray is, in my Iowa. opinion, uh, a top five draft pick this year. He's averaging, I think, about. 24 points per game. He's uh he's uh, really could, doing his thing. 
I woke up upset Auburn. I think they can. Yes, I, I have I Auburn have, winning, but I I feel like I was one of those teams. Like even though they're a fifth seed, they can eat. They they're on tier of being a one or two, right? And um, you know, it hurts me because I'm a Duke fan, and I guess it's my little Duke Blue Devils rant right here because Do it. Duke has the talent to be a team in the Final Four. You have Paulo Bancaro, who is going to be a top three pick. Adrian Griffin, who is going to be a top 10 pick. Trevor Keels, who can who could be a top 10 pick as well. Probably top 15. And they just seem like they just don't have the... Uh, you know, like they just don't have the effort and the experience to get there. A team full of freshmen. When's the last time we see a team full of freshmen win the championship? I believe it was... Uh, the Carl Anthony Towns year with Kentucky. I think, did they Ooh, win the chip? Yeah, right. Did they? I'm not sure. Actually, so. no, I think they went undefeated and they lost, then they lost to Wisconsin. But a team that did win the chip with a few freshmen was in 2012 with Anthony Davis and Michael Kidd Gilchrist at uh, Kentucky. That was a team that won with a lot of freshmen. But we rarely see a freshman team. Baylor last year, that was a, a group of uh, seniors, juniors, sophomores coming together, you know. But uh, going into my final four of, of who's going to prevail, I have Iowa beating Arizona Ooh. and going up against Gonzaga in the national championship where I believe Iowa's going to win. And my final score is 72 to 69. That's a good one. That's a good So one. Uh, I'm going with a little risky one there, the number five seed winning it. But um, it's just so interesting because I'm looking at my Elite Eight. And UCLA is a tough one too. UCLA, I have going all the way to the Elite Eight, Me too. and then getting eliminated. You know, we can't forget about Jane Ivy and Purdue. That's like that. Yes, they're yes, almost like yes, a, a yes. dark horse, but they, you expect them to be be so good. And you know, they could they could make it to the Final Four. You could you could tell you could say they make it to the finals all yeah, the way. Purdue. I could I could Jane give Purdue that. that. And then and then, and then there's a the number one guy right there, Chet. What do you think of Chet? What's what's the expectations based on Chet? This year, what does he have to do to raise his stock? You know, he's already going to be top five, but what does he have to do to prove to NBA scouts that he is NBA ready for next year? So I think with um, Chet Holmgren, like just based on the potential that he has as a player, I think he's going to go top three no matter what. But I think his performance in the tournament kind of um, solidifies whether or not he's going to be the first overall pick or not. I think that Mm -hmm. goes with everyone competing for that number one pick, that being... Chet Holmgren, Paulo Bancaro, and Jabari Smith. I think those are the, the three players who are going Jabari's to... Jabari's on Auburn, right? Auburn, yes. I think He's those are the three too. players who are going, who are competing for that number one overall pick. Also, it depends on the team that gets it with the fit and things like that uh, and such. But um, I think Holmgren just has to play within the system and not do anything crazy, but just... Uh, Pick his pick his spots and get to get to where he needs to get. Gonzaga is just so deep that if he has a bad game, they can still win with who they have. Drew Timmy, who is a part of that champ, the team that made it to the finals but lost. Also, uh, Ryan Nembhard. No, not Ryan Nembhard. Andrew Nembhard. Andrew Nembhard. Uh, Ryan Nembhard from Aurora. His brother Ryan is with Creighton. With Creighton, but I think he's out with an injury. Mm. But um, uh, he won like um. I forget what division they what league they're in or whatever the conference that might bet. I forget what conference they're in, but he won Player of the Year. Uh, but um, yeah, they have just some good talent all around there at uh, Gonzaga, and um, I just feel like Chet Holmgren just has to be dominant. But also he could do that by playing in the system. He doesn't have to do anything crazy. Unlike a guy like Paulo Bancaro, where he kind of is the system at Duke. If he doesn't have a good game, they're kind of screwed. 
you know the, the system you know but like Jabari Smith I think he could be the biggest person to have a Auburn Auburn is nice Auburn could win it I, too I think he could have the biggest rise I could say where he puts most people on the map because a lot of people know the name Chet Holmgren they know the name Paulo Bancaro but they don't know about the name Jabari Smith they don't know about Jaden Ivey I think those guys have a lot on the table to uh, raise up their ceiling yeah. and uh, that get, makes me pose the question who are some guys to you that um, have the most potential to raise their draft stock going into this uh, March match for me I only think of one team and one team only and we haven't even mentioned this team man they're going so under the radar because there's a lot of doubters on them saying they revolve around their star player rather than the team itself and that is Memphis yes with Jalen Duran that is he's my favorite in the draft right now the way he plays I've saw his highlights I love him but he's going under the radar a lot of people are a lot of people are criticizing him saying oh you know he's not NBA ready maybe only maybe only a two-way he doesn't have he doesn't have certain athleticism or he doesn't have the the the, the utilities to be that role player to be that top five player on your team but I think that he's gonna prove Harris wrong I'm excited to see what he could do I think they have um, ooh, uh, boys I think they're versing boys oh boys. yeah Boise State uh, yes but boy, boy, Boise State in the first round yes and uh, boy, it's a very winnable and Boise State's projected to win right now but I wouldn't be surprised in Memphis yeah Wednesday but Jane Duran has to prove himself and I'm so excited who else who else is on that team there's one more Imani Bates Imani is on that Bates. Team. I think he's injured right now ooh, that would but I'm not sure if he's gonna play but I believe that Boogie Ellis as well uh, that but, was a guy who but Memphis is under the radar team yeah, Memphis is just that they just don't perform to the capabilities that they we know they could. But it's funny you mentioned Jalen Duren because I was just on Instagram earlier and I saw uh, Mike Schmitz, who is like ESPN's top scout, posted a video of him doing some analysis on Jalen uh, Duren. What they say? Uh, he he's very high on him on like his motor, his athleticism, uh, his tenacity on the glass. Like he feels like he could be like a better Isaiah Jackson. I guess is a, a, a good way to put it. So maybe around Isaiah Jackson, Isaiah, that Stewart, type of, Isaiah Stewart type yeah, guy. Yeah, and it's just up to him whether he expands his game to make that little mid-range three-point jump shot here at times. But um, that's a great person to have because uh, for me, myself, I think Adrian Griffin, I'm not just saying this because I'm a Duke head, but I feel like um, Adrian Griffin has had nice. some really big games. He's had like 26 points during the season. I think it was a blowout against North Carolina earlier on in the year he had a he had a really good game and um i feel like he has the tools to be a devin booker like player not say the player who devin booker is but you know like in the draft there's a guy who kind of falls down to the uh, late lottery and then teams like pick him up and they end up being a star like devin booker donovan mitchell is one paul george is one too yeah i feel like adrian griffin is a guy who can go down in like the 13 14 range and that team that gets him gets a stud and uh i don't know which team that would be for some reason i would like to see him in detroit alongside kate cunningham and uh killian hayes and those guys but uh, i feel that adrian griffin just has the tools to be really good and this tournament is going to be huge for him to prove just how good he is but that's my pick. absolutely there's so much stars there's so much role players that you could take in this draft and there might be people that we don't know that will go in the second round but mm-hmm. this draft class mm-hmm. last year's draft class is good i think this draft class is going to be good as well I think you're yeah gonna, you're, you're gonna find some uh, you're gonna find some emeralds we'll call it we'll, uh, some diamonds in the rough diamonds in the rough some diamonds in the rough in there but yeah i'm looking forward to the ncaa tournament um we'll see a lot of people are saying gonzaga in arizona maybe purdue will be in there Auburn yeah. with the championship iowa it's all up for grabs we'll see starts thursday one thing i just don't want people to do before we close off the 2021 nba draft class is one of the best that we've ever seen and i don't want people to go into this draft class coming up and compare it because 
I feel like the 2022 is just one of those classes. It's, it's like it's like the 96. It's like the 2003. They just draft classes that are just so good. Man. I think even one underrated one is 2009. That's a very oh, underrated draft class. Oh, I, I know who you're talking you about. You got I know you're talking Steph Curry, about. James, Curry Harden, James Harden, DeMar DeRozan. Uh, who went first in that class? Who went first in 2009? I can't even think. Was it a bust? I'm going to search up right now. 2009 NBA draft. Was it like Hashim Thabit? Oh, no, he went number two. Are you doing the, the Jeopardy music? Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin. And he also had um, Brand Jennings on there. and Tyreek Rick Evans, who won Rookie of the Year. Johnny Flynn. Oh my Man. god, Johnny, 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 Johnny Flynn. Brandon Jennings was in that class too. Yes, sir. Jeff T, Jeff Ty T. Lawson, Drew Holiday. Nice. That's a nice draft. Ooh, class. yeah, Drew Holiday. That's a. And then Malik's favorite player of all time, yep. Damari Carroll. Oh, yeah, that's my that's my guy. My guy. Probably one of the most efficient shooters in Raptors history. Facts. I can't facts, even. Facts. I can't even think of a time where he just hit all backboard. I'm joking. He hit all backboard almost every time. And, 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 and it rolled around three, four times. And, and Demari Carroll's shot doesn't fall. He's three for 14. from. Uh, no no hate to Demari Carroll. We, we love you. But, we uh, love Demari. Hope y'all uh, are filling out your brackets. We want to, you know, communicate with y'all. So send us messages. Y'all know our Instagrams. At McKeemCon. At MalikM32001. Oh, this guy got a nice one there. Mine's too basic. I need no, to yours, the numbers yours, yours is professional. But, um, uh, Malik. Any anything you gotta say to the fans about uh, basketball or anything? Closing words. Keep your eyes open. There's gonna be a lot of upsets. Watch out for another sixty-point game tonight. And uh, imagine we, shall we get see another one. Imagine we get another. I'll go crazy. Um, it's gonna be Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes. Yeah, that might be the highest a rookie's ever scored. I think the the most is fifty-five by Brandon Jennings. But um, I got him on the box. On the box. Yeah. Ooh. But uh, with that being said, uh, I appreciate you all for listening to the Hoop Central thank you, podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Right here on Spirit Live and on Spotify. It's been your boy, Nakeem. It's been your boy, Malik. And we shall see you all in the next one. Take it easy. Peace.